Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to day 25 of 31 Days of Terror and I have five spooky stories for you today and story number one comes from Chelsea. It was the summer of 2015. I lived in a cute cottage built in the 40s with my husband and three children in Huntington, West Virginia. We started renting this home in November because my husband started pharmacy school. It felt like we were starting over, with no family close by. That year was full of new beginnings, school and jobs and I gave birth to our youngest that January. So the house was definitely buzzing with stress, but fun as well. That summer we experienced very humid and wild midwestern weather. It reminded me of hurricane weather growing up in the south. Every single day you could cut the air with a knife and could predict by 4pm we were going to have a severe thunderstorm. This particular day was no different, and the storms continued into the night. I woke up to yet another storm rolling in, so I went around and made sure there was no flooding, and checked in on all the kids. My son Landon was upstairs in his room, completely unaware of the rain and the thunder. Our office was next to his room. The girls were downstairs across the hall from my room. I found wee Elsa awake and ready to nurse so I took her to my bed. I was sitting up in bed getting Elsa back to sleep. All you could hear was the rain pelting the house. Then out of nowhere lightning hit our neighbour's flagpole outside of my window. It was so unbelievably loud. I only jumped but within that split second my two-year-old screamed and then I let out the mama warrior scream and then scared the shit out of my husband. She hightailed it out of her bed and into my room faster than I thought a toddler ever could. My son, still asleep and completely oblivious, then walked downstairs and asked what we were yelling about. Must be nice to sleep so deeply. After that we were all wide awake. The lightning strike was so close to my home you could feel the static electricity in the air. The lights started to flicker, so I did the usual that I learned growing up in severe weather. Turn on the weather channel, move the car to high ground, put out the candles and the flashlights. After about half an hour the weather seemed to calm down and everyone returned to bed except myself and the baby. I put Rosalie in bed with her dad and Landon back upstairs. Elsa was not quite ready to settle down so I sat on the couch at 3am watching the news. And this is when it all started. The couch was against a wall in the living room, so I could see the hallway that connects my room and the girls. I was sitting up, wide awake from the adrenaline, rocking Elsa, 
and then I saw Rosalie walk back to her bedroom. I wanted to make sure she was tucked in and laid the baby down, so I got up and followed her. But Rosalie wasn't there. I look in the adjoining dining room thinking maybe I saw her go in to get her water cup. She wasn't there. So I went to my room and saw that she is asleep beside my husband. Then I realised it was so hot that night that she was only wearing a diaper. I froze and literally gasped. The little girl I saw walking was wearing a short-sleeved white nightgown. The next morning I told my husband what I saw. He didn't think I was crazy as I've seen several apparitions in my life. But he also wondered if I was just sleep deprived. I know I wasn't. I know that feeling when you're exhausted and your eyes trick you. And this was not the case that night. The next evening we put the kids to bed and sat in the living room awaiting yet another storm to arrive. We were watching the news when my daughter Rosalie started screaming and crying. We went to her room and asked what was wrong and she said, There's a mean man smiling at me. She said there was a man staring at her through the crack of the door from the hallway. She ended up sleeping with me that night and this continued for over three months. She required lights on and all of our doors open wide so she could see my room from her bed. I will say, I always felt like I was being watched in that area, and her experience didn't help at all. One night she said he came into her room. She was looking up as if there was someone standing at her bed and she was screaming for me. She wouldn't come to me. I had to go pick her up, like her path was being blocked. That night I told her, If someone or something is scaring you, you have every right to tell it to go away. So right then, while I held her, she yelled, Go away, you are scaring me. We said he wasn't welcome and after a couple of nights of repeating this routine, she didn't see him again. During those three months, we heard shuffling upstairs, footsteps. I heard a girl say mommy when all of my children were outside playing. One day, we came home from grocery shopping. My husband opened the door with me behind him. As soon as we stepped into the threshold, we very clearly heard what sounded like boots walking around upstairs in our office. We both stood there, and then he looked at me and attempted to say that it was just the house creaking. I looked right back at him and said, Don't you even fucking dare. That was someone walking around. Please go and look before I come in. And of course, nobody was there. The next year, my husband and I divorced. I moved into a new home with the kids down the street and he stayed in the cottage. He had a schoolmate move in upstairs to share the rent. When it was time for them to graduate and move out, I had asked my ex if they had experienced anything in the house. My ex said he saw the little girl in the same hallway one night that it was thunderstorming. I had that moment of, I told you so. He said he never heard anything from his roommate, but now was intrigued enough to ask. That night he asked the roommate if he ever saw anything or heard footsteps. He said he never saw anything, but would be in the living room or his bedroom and hear someone walking around upstairs, only to find out that my ex was not home at all. My ex never questions what I see anymore. That cottage definitely turned him into a believer and confirmed my intuition on these things. And story number two comes from Kim. 
I've always been sensitive to the other side and the supernatural. I think I came out of the womb sensing ghosts. I rarely ever see ghosts, but I sense and hear them a lot. I have a lot of stories of everyday supernatural episodes, but two stories I have just linger in my mind at all times. Although I wasn't afraid in either story, they still haunt me many years later. The first story happened in my old hometown in Victoria, Australia. I was at a family friend's house having a night of drinking. The family friend was my mum's friend and her kids and their friends. My mum's friend and I always spoke of our mutual sixth sense, but hers was always stronger, more intense, I suppose you could say. Spirits liked her. They attached themselves to her and lived alongside her. To the average person you would call her crazy, but the energy that radiated in her house would make anyone's hair stand on end. It was a newly built house. It was built right next to her old house on the same property, so there's no creepy backstory to the house's history. But the creep factor of this house was something else. She loves antiques and old-style furnishings, which is fine, but it adds to the spooky haunted house vibes. I never liked staying there at night, and everyone in the house would report sightings of an old man and several other ghosts roaming the halls. They had the same ghosts at their house right next door too, and assumed that the new build would keep them away, but in some ways they seemed to multiply. The night of drinking finished, and we all retired to bed at around 1am. Everyone was sleeping at least two people to a room, but I got a room to myself. I hated it and had to sleep with a nightlight on, but I slept fine. Until around 6am. I could hear a lot of noise coming from the lounge and assumed that everyone was awake. It struck me as odd as they usually slept in late and were obviously going to be deeply hungover. But I could hear it, music and laughter and voices echoing down the hall. I could hear 50s music playing specifically and the clinking of glasses and the muffling of voices, the sound of everyone talking at once at a party. They're watching The Great Gatsby, I thought to myself. It made sense, and I jumped out of bed to join them. I opened the door and walked down the hallway towards the double doors that opened up into the living area and kitchen. I stood at the doors and listened to the party. It was so loud, I wondered why I hadn't heard it sooner. But as I took a few more steps, the music cut, the glasses stopped clinking, and the muffled voices slowly stopped. It was like I'd interrupted a party as an uninvited guest. It was at this point I was looking around the kitchen area and realised that the whole place was empty. Not a single person. The lounge was dark and uninhabited, but I felt like all eyes were on me. I thought I was going crazy, but I knew what I had heard. I felt judged and unwelcomed and I got the fuck out of there and crawled into bed with my friends. When they woke up and we went and got breakfast, I told them what happened and they all laughed, but I could see that it bothered them too. The energy of the house is very negative and not at all filled with welcoming ghosts. I quite literally never went back there again. The second story I have still confuses me and the kicker is many people were present and involved which never usually happens with my ghostly encounters. 
A few years ago, it was common for me to go off travelling by myself. I didn't have a partner at the time, and I got lonely and bored. This particular time, I went to Bali alone. I'd been many times with my family, but never by myself. I jumped from hotel to hotel, area to area, and I was having a really good time. I stopped at this one hotel, a newish-built hotel in the bustling street of a densely tourist-populated area. I was on the third floor in a decent-sized room. Despite being on the main street, the room itself was quiet and the hotel was fairly empty. I'd leave most mornings at around 9am and return at 2pm and sit in my room until dinner time. I was in Bali around their sacred holiday of silence. The airport was closed, no cars or motorbikes are allowed and all shops are closed and you cannot leave the hotel at all. No lights can be on at night time and TVs cannot be loud. Leading up to this day I was laying in bed at around 8pm and I started hearing noises from the room directly above me. To me it sounded like children's wooden building blocks being played with at first like a really annoying, playful child. I got kind of irritated, but I tried to ignore it. It started to get really loud, and soon it sounded like a wood workshop, wood being dropped on the floor and furniture being moved around. I got pissed off and yelled, shut up for fuck's sake, at the roof. It went on for four hours. I had nowhere to go to get away from it as it was dark, and I was a young scaredy cat. I tried to sleep through it and succeeded somewhat. I got up and went out for the day, returning at about 2pm. I was laying in bed and it started again. It went on for about an hour and I finally went down to the front desk to complain. I asked the guard at the desk if they were doing renovations and she said no. I told the girl about the noise and to tell the people above me to be quiet. She asked for my room number and shyly said that she would ask security to do it. I went to the pool and returned at around five and it started happening again. I marched upstairs and found the room above me and stood outside the door, but all I could hear was silence. I checked all the rooms and nothing. Silence. I went to my room and filmed the room and recorded a video so that you could hear the noise and see that it was happening in the room. I went down to the front desk to show the same girl. This noise, I said, it's so loud. I felt silly and annoying, but she went pale and said security will join me in my room to check. The men came in. Two beefy Bali men both went pale and started whispering in Indonesian at each other. I asked what they found up there the last time. and They said they had found nothing. The next day at around 3pm it happened again. This time it is the day of silence and I was stuck in my room the whole day, 24 hours. I filmed another video of the crashing and banging and insufferable building blocks being knocked over after hours of it. I had hit the wall and thrown stuff at the roof but nothing helped, obviously. I took the video down to the girl and she looked really confused again and said that she was sorry but she couldn't do anything. I shrugged it off and just put headphones in full volume for the rest of the day. Security checked in again, and again they were scratching their heads. After one more day there, I checked out of the hotel. I liked the place, hated the noise. It was the same girl at the desk, and we'd become friendly because I was a lone female young traveller. I asked her quietly. 
So what was in the room above me that made all the noise? And she looked around before saying, Nothing. The room was empty. All the rooms on that floor were empty due to it being so quiet. Security heard the noises. They checked everywhere. But they couldn't find where it came from. We blocked off the room now. Nobody can go in. We're scared of it. All I can say is no fucking thanks. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Rory and Kid here from the award-winning podcast, This Paranormal Life. Every week we investigate a paranormal story and decide if it's real or a hoax. Like the time a guy claimed he punched Bigfoot. Or when a UFO showed up at a football game in front of thousands of people. Each episode has sound effects, music, and storytelling that feels so real, you'll never sleep again. You will. Stop it. You're going to scare away new listeners. Check out This Paranormal Life every Tuesday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And story number three comes from Camilla. When I was a baby, I used to call my grandma Mama. My cousin tells me this story every time we see each other in person. It happened when she was 12. She's 32 now and it still terrifies the living shit out of her. My mom and my cousin have always told me my grandmother was a very spiritual person. She almost had a sixth sense and often new things would happen before they happened. For example, she kept dreaming about a man telling her there was money buried under her house and he wanted her to have it. She had this dream on multiple occasions and eventually she hired people to dig under the house. And sure enough, a chest full of money was found. This is just a small example. However, I want to talk about her creepiest premonition. The prediction of her own death. As I said before, when this happened, my cousin was 12 and I was around 1. Up to this point, my grandmother was in her early 80s and despite a brief stint with breast cancer, was a healthy woman with no other ailments. Both my cousin and my mom noticed my grandmother acting strangely. She would stare blankly and suddenly out of windows, a behaviour that wasn't typical of my grandmother. My cousin caught my grandmother in this catatonic state and asked her, Grandma, is everything okay? To which my grandmother replied, I see black everywhere. Fast forward a few days, and my grandmother approached my mother and sat her down to tell her in a very matter-of-fact way. I'm going to die in two days, and this is the outfit that I want you to put me in for the funeral. My mom obviously freaked out, telling my grandmother, Don't talk nonsense like that, mom. You're perfectly healthy. My grandmother said, It's okay, child. It's almost my time. My mother started to get uneasy at this point, and shrugged off my grandmother's comments. Two days later, my sweet grandmother suffered a stroke suddenly and passed away. My mom, as well as her eight other brothers and sisters, were shocked. However, they knew my grandmother often predicted things correctly. At the funeral, my mom and dad didn't want me to be there in person as I was just a little baby, 
and it might be traumatic for me to be around so much grief and mourning. They asked my 12-year-old cousin to come to my parents' apartment and look after me until they got back after the funeral. My cousin said that her and I were laying on my parents' bed with the TV on, my mom's dog by our feet and the lights off. My cousin started to fall asleep, but was woken back up suddenly because the dog had started to bark in the dark, empty hallway. At this point, I reached my little arms out in front of me, like a baby does when they want to be picked up, in the direction that the dog was also barking, and I excitedly said, Mama! Mama! My cousin freaked the fuck out, took me and the dog outside and did not go back inside until my parents came home. Although I don't recall the experience, my cousin believes my grandmother came back to say goodbye to us one last time. And story number four comes from Jem. My name is Jemima and I'm from Sydney, Australia. One day I was doing my makeup in my boyfriend Tom's place and I was listening to your podcast as Tom went down the road to get lunch. I locked the door in case anyone came home and I was not very appropriately dressed. All of a sudden, the toilet paper behind my back started to slowly unwind until the majority of it was on the floor. I shook it off and opened the door because I didn't like the idea of being alone in the bathroom. I shit you not, two minutes later, this piercing three-beep alarm went off. I called Tom because I immediately thought something had caught fire as his father is a firefighter and has alarms set all through the house. He told me it would just be his mum coming from downstairs and tripping the alarm. I also had trouble explaining the sound to him because it stopped as soon as he answered my call. He was standing in a busy shop so jumped off the call to rush home. When he hung up, I stood at the top of the staircase and listened. I called his mum. Sharon? There was no answer. I jumped back into the bathroom, closed and locked the bathroom door and stood listening to Taylor Swift, because if I was going to die, it would be to Miss Americana. Tom's mum didn't arrive home. It wasn't the fire alarm. It wasn't the front door. We couldn't figure out what the piercing three-ring alarm was, and we still don't know. I'm quite a busty girl, and find that when I don't wear my comfort bra to bed, I get a sore back. So before I went to bed, I put it on like I always do, Bed bras are like straight jackets. They stay on and normally take quite the effort to take them off as they don't have a clamp at the back. In the morning, I woke up with a rather free feeling. I was completely topless. No shirt, no bra, nothing. I woke Tom up and he was like, what the heck? I asked him if he did it and he said, how and why the fuck would I have done that? But honestly, I wanted to believe he did as I am an extremely light sleeper and get woken up quite a few times in the night, so I was completely freaked out as to how it happened. He laughed it off, and I felt very uneasy as to who or what undressed me. It was most likely myself, but I honestly feel more uncomfortable at the idea that I had gone to the bathroom topless as well in my sleepy haze. Anyway, nothing else came of that. However, Lately he has told me that there have been times when he has gone to the bathroom and heard me talking in the bedroom and being sufficiently freaked out. I was standing in Tom's kitchen with his mother and him talking about our day when my direction turned towards the doorway as if I was looking to see the person walking into the room. 
Tom and Sharon both noticed me looking and asked me what I was looking at. I swear I heard someone coming down the stairs. Tom assured me that I was just crazy while his mum told me that no one was home. We checked where the dog was and she was at the front of the house sunbaking, nowhere near the stairs. I shook it off and not five minutes later we finished our conversation and his mother headed to go upstairs. She stopped at the bottom and said, I've just heard something upstairs too. My blood ran cold and we pushed Tom upstairs to investigate and sure enough there was nothing. But it still freaks me out. And of course I'm writing this on one of the nights that I'm home alone. And story number five comes from Morgan. I'm 12 years old and I'm a hardcore paranormal believer and I am pretty sure I lived in a haunted house. I had several experiences in my previous house. I'll start with the least scary and go forward from there. The previous owners had 11 kids and our neighbour was actually one of those children. One of the kids, a nine-year-old girl, passed away of a heart condition. The property had a five-acre backyard with a swamp at the bottom. We cleaned the yard down by the swamp and found a lot of weird stuff, including a blood-stained mattress, a chain, and most terrifying or sad, a dog skeleton rolled up in a dirty old carpet. Very weird. My house had two floors. All of us slept on the second floor. My brother and I each had our own rooms, and our parents' bedroom was down the hall across from the bathroom and right next to the staircase. On several occasions, my parents would go downstairs after getting us put to bed when they would hear us running down the hallway. One of them would pull the short straw and go to put us back to bed, but we would both be out cold. The footsteps would sometimes happen when we were eating dinner. My dad would go upstairs and make sure there wasn't an intruder, but there never was. I know it wasn't my dog because he was very old and could never walk up the stairs. I don't know what caused these footsteps, but I know they were real. My younger brother had a closet in his room. It had a big white door with a little gold slide lock on the top left corner. Every time someone would walk into that closet, they would be hit with this wave of cold. It wasn't like a breeze or a leaky window. It was like your whole body was drenched in icy water. We also didn't have air conditioning, so I knew it wasn't that. We took off the door and the coldness immediately stopped. Just before we moved out of this house, we were remodeling everything. My mom and dad were both downstairs on the phone in their office room. My brother and I were racing up the staircase as we often would. When we got to the top of the stairs and turned to run down the narrow hallway, we both heard a male voice whistling at the end of the hallway. It was a very distinct tune, but I can't remember it now. The two was booked it back down the stairs, and just before I got to the bottom, I clearly heard a female voice whisper, Help! in my ear. I freaked out and tripped the rest of the way down the stairs. When I was about nine years old, and it was the middle of the night, and I was freaking out. I think my dad was working late, so he wasn't home, but my mom was. So I crawled into bed with my mom, and I was still scared out of my mind. I rolled over and looked at the ceiling and a face appeared. It flew inches above my own and then swooped away through the wall behind me. The wall was the wall between my room and my parents' room. I rolled over and squeezed my eyes shut and I stayed like that for the rest of the night. I believed that the face belonged to the little girl that had passed away, as I was the same age as her when she died. 
It was around the time of year that she died, and I slept in the same room as she did when she was a child. Thank you so much to Chelsea, Kim, Camilla, Jem and Morgan for sending in your stories and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you would like to send in your story you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com and on that note we shall see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.